0: Well, yeah, they did such a great job. Um, I think as a dad, my favorite was probably the a dancing little pig. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't know there were pigs at the uh, major scene, but maybe it's between the lines in Luke 2. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably there somewhere. So, But they did a great, great job. And Nate, where's Nate? Nate's not, even, nope, he just not in here. I was going to say, he didn't even have to be a fifth grader this year. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty exciting. So, uh, no, what a wonderful, what a great opportunity to, for kids to be able to learn the story of the Christmas story, uh, the story of Jesus, and how he came, and be able to proclaim it too. what a wonderful opportunity for them. Um, I, I love the Christmas season. The Christmas season is uh, by far my favorite holiday, and in our family we're one of those families uh, that decorates for Christmas the second week of November. and I know for some of you that's the unpardonable sin. Um, I understand that but uh, <clears throat> but if you think that's absolutely miserable, a- absolutely terrible, uh, I would just like to suggest that really spiritual people like to celebrate the birth of Jesus longer, but you know, whatever, you know, to each his own. No, I'm just <coughs> just kidding, but I love, I love the Christmas season. Um, one of our favorite things, one of my favorite things about the Christmas season is uh, all the lights that are around. I mean, the kids even talked about it here this morning a little bit, but all the lights that you see everywhere, and even... Even as you drive around town, you can find all kinds of uh, great places with Christmas lights. You got the, the bridge is pretty cool. We haven't actually been down there for this season yet. Um, looking forward to, maybe maybe we'll do that tonight, who knows. Um, but the bridge is pretty cool and uh, all, all over town is pretty cool. Actually down Mulberry is uh, one of the most consistent spots. So if you're like, you wanna, you know, that's one of the most consistent, you keep seeing a whole bunch of Christmas lights. Uh, and across the street, this was pretty cool this year, uh, what they did here in Weed Park. And I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but the best house in Muscatine. And if you, I'm sorry, if you were trying to go for this, and I, it's not your house, I'm so sorry. Uh, but the best house, I think, in Muscatine is that house when you're driving down Cedar. Yep. okay, I'm getting a bunch of head nods, so at least you agree, that's good. All right, so you're going down Cedar, and right after the hospital, as you're going towards, like, the school and the Y and all that, uh, right there on the right... Yeah, I'm Lance. You guys pass that like every night. So that's, uh, I mean, it's just like unbelievable how many lights. I mean, it, I think this is this guy's full-time job. <laughs> because that's, a, I mean, it's just a ton, a ton of lights. Uh, but there's there's so many lights around Christmas time. Uh, even in our house, I mean, we got lights on the greenery. We've got lights on the tree. We've got lights in these little Christmas village things up on the bookshelves. We've got these rope lightings in our uh in our kitchen, and we, we've got one, one's green and one's red for Christmas, and, I mean, have you ever stopped to think about why all the light during Christmas? Why so much light during the Christmas season? Why is it that we use light to celebrate Christmas? And the reason is because in the Christmas season, we are celebrating the birth of our Savior, the birth of Jesus, who is the light of the world, John chapter 1 says this in verse 9. It says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And so during the Christmas season, we're celebrating Jesus, who is the light of the world. But John tells us something in chapter 3, very interesting. He tells us that not everyone likes the light. Not everyone loves the light the light. He tells us in John chapter 3, he tells us in verse 19, and this is the judgment, the light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light. Well, that's strange. Why would you like darkness instead of light? And when it's dark, you bump into things, you run into things, you get hurt. Uh, for our youth group, we'll often do, um, from time to time, we'll do these uh, activities where we come into the church building at nighttime when it's all dark, and we'll turn off all the lights. Just recently, we did a laser tag inside the church building, and uh, you ha- you'll have to ask the teens. There's this other game we played, it's called Gronk, and you'll have to ask the teens about it, but it's a pretty fun game, and, uh, and we do that one in the dark, and, it, and just about every time we do one of these games in the dark, what, we, what ends up happening is inevitably somebody somewhere runs into something. No, we don't do that, so <laughs> really, I'm never sending my kids again. Um, <laughs> no, but there, inevitably somebody gets, gets bumped into something because that's what happens in the darkness. In the darkness, you stumble, and in the darkness, there's hurt. So why is it that people love the darkness rather than the light? Why would you want darkness? And John tells us, he says in the same verse, The light has come to the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works are evil, John says. You see, what light does is it exposes things. When there's dark, you can't see, but you turn the light switch on, and it exposes what's in the room. You can see it. And John describes Jesus as the light of the world. So think about this just for a minute. If the light of the world, Jesus, who is perfect, I mean, he's never done any sin, never done anything wrong. He's only lived perfectly. I mean, if you have siblings, just imagine if you had a sibling who is Jesus. (laughs) Always does everything right. (laughs) I mean, when somebody does all, everything right, when you, when you compare the life of Jesus, the light of the world, who does all things perfectly, when you compare Jesus to me, you know what I find? I'm a mess. I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. And you compare yourself to Jesus, and the light of who Jesus is exposes The sin of who you are. So we don't like it. So we don't like the light. But the real reason we're afraid goes even deeper than just the fact that that it exposes our sin. I think John hints at this in John chapter 3. I think the reason that we are really afraid is because we are afraid that when our sin is exposed, we'll be condemned. You know, there's something intrinsic in every single one of us. We just know intrinsically that we don't quite measure up to something. We know we're just not quite there. There's something about us that just, it just doesn't measure up. And I think there's also something intrinsic inside us that we know that because we haven't measured up, we deserve punishment. We deserve condemnation. We deserve to be condemned. And we like to make a big deal about the sin of those people out there or the sin of the people around us because what it does when we do that is it hushes the inner sense that I am really liable to punishment. So I make a big deal about everyone else's sin. But when I put my head on the pillow at night and I really stop to think, I remember and I am very aware that I'm a sinner and I deserve punishment. Because all of us do so Jesus tells us, John tells us in John chapter 3. He tells us, additionally, the reason that we are so afraid. You know, we're afraid of this condemnation. But really, the reason we're so, we're so afraid of this condemnation, the reason we're so afraid of this light, is because we don't understand why the light of the world came. You know, I think there's something, um, humanity has a, a, just a, a suspicion. We all have a natural suspicion that God wants to condemn us. We have this natural suspicion that God is just, you know, he's somewhere up in heaven and he's looking down and he's watching. He's got his list of rules and he's watching you. And as he's waiting for you to do the wrong thing, and as soon as you do the wrong thing, he's going to say, aha, I gotcha. And he'll prove you wrong and he'll condemn you. I think we're all We're all born with this natural suspicion that God wants to condemn. But that natural suspicion gives away the fact that we miss the reason why the light came. Why did God send the light into the world? Why did he send the light? He tells us in verse 17. He says, For God did not send his Son, the light, into the world Not to condemn the world. But why? But in order that the world might be saved through him. God doesn't want to condemn you for your sin. God wants to save you from your sin. The light came not to expose sin for the purpose of condemning it. The light came to expose sin for the purpose of saving sinners. That's why the light came. God wants to save you, not condemn you. Ultimately, God's heart is not to condemn. God's heart is love. I think we see that in verse 16. The kids quoted it here earlier. You probably learned this verse when you were a kid many of you. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he loved the world in this way, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God loves you so much that he would give up his only son and condemn him to death, so that you wouldn't have to be condemned. And instead, so that you could be saved to eternal life. But lastly, I think there's something that's important for us to recognize here. And that is that not everyone will be saved. Some people will be condemned. God doesn't want to condemn. He wants to save. But some people will be condemned. Some people will be condemned? Who will be condemned? John tells us. John tells us in verse 18. He says this. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. He's condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Those who refuse to believe in Jesus will be condemned. So believe. Believe in Jesus. Believe what? I mean, okay, so here here we've come. We don't like light because it exposes our sin, because we're afraid we're going to be condemned. I don't want to be condemned. And I don't have to be condemned. Because Jesus gave his life for you, and so you must Believe. Well, what is it that you need to believe? Because it's not, sim- it's not enough to simply believe that there is a God. The Bible says even the demons believe that. So what do you believe? You believe that you are a sinner. You believe that you've broken God's law. You believe that you deserve God's punishment, and that would be right. But you believe that Jesus gave his life. So that you wouldn't have to experience condemnation, believe, believe what Jesus has done for you to be saved. So will you believe in the light of the world, one who came to save? You know, it's been said uh, that some people will say that John three sixteen is the greatest verse in all the Bible. Martin Luther said it's the heart of all the scriptures. And somebody along the way took John 3.16 as the greatest verse. And they put these words to it. The author is unknown. But somebody along the line came up with this. And they said this. For God, the greatest lover, so loved the greatest degree, the world, the greatest number, that he gave the greatest act his only son, the greatest gift, that whoever the greatest invitation believes the greatest simplicity into him the greatest person should not perish the greatest deliverance, but the greatest difference. Have the greatest certainty, eternal life, the greatest possession. Will you believe in the light of the world so that you would be saved and have eternal life with Jesus, the greatest possession? I'd like us to bow our heads and close our eyes for just a minute. Pray, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would open eyes to the gospel. Your heads bow and your eyes closed i just like to ask a simple question. I if there's anyone here this morning that would say, Jordan, I'm not sure that I'm truly a Christian. I'm not sure that I've ever truly believed, but I want to today. I want to believe that Jesus took my sin. Is there anyone who would raise your hand and say, That's true of me? I'm not sure that I'm a, I've, I'm a Christian before today, but I want to believe. What Jesus did for me, like that, would you raise your hand? God, we want to thank you this morning for sending your Son, your only Son, to die in our in our place, so that we would not be condemned that we could have life. Thank you.